Welcome everyone to another edition of Drunk Agile. With us as always and excited because of, a is it, she just got a treat, is that right? Did she? Yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's a new treat to play with and yeah. There's, There's more. There. Nisha, probably, we'll have to go back through the archives, probably the most active she's ever been on Drunk Agile. Mm -hmm. So always good to have you here, Nisha. Less good to have here is... Pratik Singh. And uh, my name is Daniel Bacanti. Thank you for joining us. Pratik, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight, it's a bottle kill on the Bardstown Piper Parrot uh, Reserve. 50%, it's, it's finished in Cabernet casks, which, you know, yeah, we were discussing more and more wine casks showing up. Yeah, which is pretty nice. Model. Yeah, which is which is not not a bad thing. Um, I'm going with uh, a, another hand filled. I'm kind of on my hand filled kick lately. This is a this is a Glendronic sherry cask. Uh, it's only I think it's only twelve or thirteen years old. Um, Sixty point eight percent. So I think we're okay. Oh, we're just we're under. under. We're under a limit. Under. So I think so. Yep. I think, you know I think we're okay. But um, yep. yeah, these um, the sherry casks always just you know remind me of Christmas. But so it's Christmas in June in July. So cheers, everybody. Start starting, stop stopping. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> That's what slanger really means. I think that's what that really yeah, means. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so slightly different. I'm, I'm going to kick us off tonight and then hand it over to Pratik. Um, but over the past several weeks, Pratik and I have been, been talking about um, the curse of flow. And the thing is, once you see, once you understand flow, you see it everywhere in, in all walks of life. Um, outside of software development specifically and outside of professional development specifically. So we thought we'd, we'd run through some, some of those things to kind of, you know, get people thinking about, you know, what, what, what flow is and how to spot these flow problems um, where, wherever you go, and then hopefully bring it back to how, how we can help you professionally. Uh, so Pratik, you've got, you've got an example that just happened, what, was it two weeks ago? Three, three weeks three, or something? Three, yeah, so recently, within, 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 Within the month of June, yeah, it was it was it was recently. Um, I was flying back from um, from London after Lean Agile London, a great conference for everyone to look up. Um, please attend the next edition whenever you can. Yeah, Lean Agile London. Um, we're flying back from Lean Agile London, and I was in the bag drop in drop off check in line. It was a long line, but we were like, okay, seems to be moving decently. We'll see. Um, about 10 minutes in, uh, one of the employees for Virgin Atlantic comes by and she goes, anyone flying to Dulles, to Dulles Airport, uh, please come up forward. There's a dedicated, there are these two dedicated counters for you. Jump the line and go there. And these people jump the rest of the line, go there. Like, all right, the, the flight was leaving soon, so... They figured let's get them through so they can get get through security and all that stuff. Ten minutes go by, <laughs> and the employee comes back again, and she's again, "Anyone flying to Montego Bay, Jamaica? Your flight is leaving in half an hour. Why don't you come forward and jump the line and and go to these two or three counters that we've opened for you?" And this kept happening over and over again. Every ten to fifteen minutes, it'll come by and. By the time we were done, by the time we were dropped our bag, mind you, we've already checked in. We're just dropping our bags off. By the time we dropped our bags off, got the security, uh, we barely had time. We had reserved like three hours. <laughs> we barely had time to stop and grab a sandwich and just run over to 
to the uh, to, to the plane to 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 get there, get there on time. Yeah, it was a repeated expedite. <laughs> Classic expedite example. And this this is this is the thing. I mean, uh, all of you have heard us say this over and over and over on this show. Expedites don't expedites don't improve variability. They hurt variability. They actually they make things worse. Um, they uh, they make things take longer. Uh, there's there's a, a similar and uh, well. Actually, I guess can, can, while we're on the airport theme, let me just very, very quickly talk about another airport one, and then we can talk about a, you know, yet a different, you know, expedite uh, example that we have. And um, what fascinates me about flying in American airports anyway is um, how much TSA, um, which is which is our security screening agency here in America, how much the TSA understands flow, simultaneously how much they don't understand flow. Um, <laughs> Because, but, 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 and, and rightfully so, they're kind of approaching it from a security standpoint and nothing else. And the thing about when, when you, when you do security screening in the United States, it's, it's very, very, very clear. You know, you, you, you join a queue and um, the reason the queue forms is because there are only so many TSA agents working. And it's usually one or two, maybe three, if you're lucky. And the TSA agents have a very, very, very strict policy that only one person or potentially a family can approach the TSA agent at a time. They've got, they usually have very clearly marked yellow lines. Um, and only when you are called forward, only when there's a specific pull signal, mm -hmm. can you come forward and approach the, um, the, the TSA agent. And so from that perspective, they've got pull and flow down wonderfully because that's, that's the way it should work. Only when the TSA agent has capacity, should that person come forward. Where they screw it up completely is they they've got no regard whatsoever to anything else going on around them. So, you know, what, what's going on with the security screening behind them, you know, with the x-ray machines and the metal detectors and all that, they, they don't care about that. They don't care about the queue that's forming, you know, in front of them when they're only pulling one person at a time. Um, they have complete disregard for, for, for any of that. And so that's, that's what, that's, what's completely frustrating to me is they get part of it, right? They've, 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 they've kind of got it, but then it, it doesn't really matter because they've screwed, screwed up all the other parts of the process. And so to me, that's more of kind of a systems thinking thing than like more, maybe more of an, an expedite thing. But I don't know yeah, if you have anything to say about that. It, no, it's, it's, it's for, 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 those, for those wanting to correlate this to the day-to-day -day work they do, it's, it's what we've often called doing Kanban between the lines. It's like, yeah, great. We're going to just pull this and run through it and then hand it off to someone else at some point. But meanwhile, there's a huge queue up here and a huge pile up here yep. that's taken forever to, to move. So many times, I mean, you'll see like the, the line at the, at the, the x-ray and um, uh, metal detectors will, will get so long. It'll actually back up, literally back up into the okay. TSA agent space. Yeah. You know, but they don't care. They just keep pulling people and trying to shove them. And they they like, hey, can you move? Can you move? Can you move? So I can get more people shoved in here. It's not my job to worry about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't care about that. So yeah, but, oh, uh, yeah, but we... they're both. I mean, this, these are these are again. I, as Dan started when he said uh, when he said at the beginning, it's once you see this, you see this everywhere. So that's that's the curse of start when you start to see flow and when you are in one of those lines when I, when you are in one of those queues as 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 i was in in heathrow and it's funny i think i've i've infected my wife with this too because she's going she's just making it worse <laughs> she's just making it worse by pulling people forward like, i know but the thing is and i don't blame the people doing this cuz they 
genuinely believe they're doing the right thing. They are genuinely believe that if the flight is leaving to Montego Bay and it's in half an hour, need to get these people through, but they just don't see the downstream effects of it. Similar to the PSA agents, they're genuinely like, my job is to make sure people, I can take care of this line, not that line. I, I need to make sure I keep doing it. That's that's what I, when, whenever whenever there's a situation where there's um, when there when there's multiple servers and people who are in charge of administrating the queue always want to start lining people up in front of those multiple servers <laughs> when it is much 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 more efficient to form a single queue in front of all those servers and whenever somebody frees up you just pull from the top of the queue. But they that all... literally that literally happened as well at Heathrow because. They saw that things were taking a long time to get through. So they were like, let to give people the illusion <laughs> that you move from line one to line two, let's line up three people in front of everything. And you're like, well, that person got in the line after me, but it's already done. And I'm still at number three. Yep. And they get really, really mad. They get really, really angry. Cause I say it all the time. I'm like, no, I'll wait. I'll wait till somebody frees up. And they get really, really angry about that. Um, speaking of getting really, really angry and, and abnormal cues forming, uh, would you like to talk through our coffee rit ritual at, at Ultimate Software um, yeah. way back when? <laughs> well, while, while Dan and I uh, worked at Ultimate Software for a while, we had uh, a local store, which is, I think, I don't know, about 100 yards, 200 yards from, from 100 meters, 200 meters from, from, from uh, where our office was. And we would walk over and grab our coffee. And while that was going on, at, around that same, same time period, Starbucks released their mobile app where you can order ahead. And uh, there were two things that actually stand out for me. Uh, when they first did that, I remember uh, we got there at one point and the line of people was so long that we just ordered it online while we were standing in line and went over and just, and they would treat the online orders as a separate queue from the, from the orders in store. And we were able to pick up our coffee before some people were, had even been able to order. Uh, that was one instance. The other was, I remember going to Starbucks at one point and taking a photograph of the 10 coffee cups that were lined up that, that were already like, they had made the coffee and they were sitting there while there were like six or seven people in line. So there was all this product and all this demand, but no one could put it together. Yep. And, and, and this is the expedited example all over again. So, I mean, I think we, this, this warrants digging in in a little bit more detail mm -hmm. is you could tell that when they launched that app, Starbucks had the explicit policy. I mean, it was explicit that whenever one of those online order came, came in and you could see you had the machine, the machine was right yeah. there on the counter and it was just spitting out tickets. And, and, and the, they had the explicit policy that the barista, whenever the machines spit out one of those tickets, the barista had to stop whatever they're doing and work on, on the ticket that was being spit out. Didn't matter how many people were in line. I mean, you're right. It was literally out the door around the block. I mean, there was, there was, and, and it was getting longer and longer and longer because of this process. Furthermore, the person at the till, the person actually taking the orders and ringing up orders didn't stop, right? They yeah. just, just kept, kept bringing up orders, right? And, and, and the, the, the thing just got, the thing just got wildly, wildly out of control. And it was a second piece out that, that, that's the thing that probably infuriated me e even more mm -hmm. was by expediting all this stuff and getting it all done. Yeah, they had all this coffee lined up and everybody, but it was just, it was just sitting there. I mean, yeah. again, kind of from a lean perspective, I would argue that was waste. I wonder, and we probably should attract this. 
I wonder how many people showed up and said, oh, my coffee is cold. Can you redo it? it Which caused yet another interrupt to, uh, you know, to, to the service. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's again, relating it back to, to -to day-to-day work that people do. If you have something that you've started work on and it's just sitting there in our world, if it's not delivered to the customer, it's accumulating cycle time. That thing is aging. That it's it's in this case specifically, it's even degrading in quality because there's other stuff being added, and you might someone might work on something else that might cause an issue with this one. It's it's all aging. This is why we keep talking about watch watch your age. Um, meanwhile, there are customers lined up waiting for stuff. So you have product lined up aging and customers lined up waiting for stuff. Far be it for me to be sympathetic to uh, to people, you know, because you know, everybody knows how much I, I hate people. But you know, these poor Starbucks employees—they were doing exactly what they were told. I'm sure. I'm sure before the whole app launched, there was all kinds of these management meetings and things like that where they were trained, and I'm sure they were explicitly told, "Hey, when you see that order get spit out, drop whatever the hell you're doing, and you 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 go pick that up." So these poor employees were, were, again, like what you were saying, doing what they thought was right, doing what they were, were, were trained to do. Um, and it just, it, just, it just made things worse. So hint, hint to, you know, anytime you hear people talking about how class of service is a wonderful thing and it should be designed in the Kanban <laughs> process, hint, 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 hint. Um, oh, go ahead. Well, well, my something? customer requires attention. Oh, that's, that's, that, that's about as pull as it gets, right? So... <laughs> Our final, yeah, because that's 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 essentially life and death right there. That's yeah, that's an expedite. So um, <laughs> that's okay because it's an issue. That that should be our hashtag. You know, expedites are only okay if it's an issue. It's an issue, yeah. Um, so our our final example, trying to pull it back to more of a, a professional context. Um, just just an, another example of flow outside of software development. Pratik, do you want to kind of talk us through? The, the 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 final example we we had yeah. kind of discussed before we we started recording yeah we we um dan and i worked with a with a group of professional services um there they did not create the software but they helped uh companies onboard onto a software and it was a lengthy onboarding process where they had to do multiple things to make sure that the operations for for their customers ran properly yeah, so it's, it's um, things like like data migration and, and training on the software and mm-hmm. uh, install of the software. Install, and all, setup, all, all migration, all of that. Essentially, solution consulting. Um, and th- this particular group of folks, um, excellent people from Canada. Uh, Who knew? We, Who knew? They're yeah. actually good people in Canada. <laughs> Who knew? And, and uh, we worked with them and they had... The, the, the way I would describe it is every person on that team had as many customers as the entire team should have had. So while they were working with these customers, um, they were obviously, um, they were helping, they, they, were, they, were, they were having to divide their time amongst all these customers. It was taking a long time for each of this custom, these customers to get implemented. That wasn't only the problem. There was another problem of, the customers they, that they had already done implementation with had a warranty period, so they could throw bugs over to say, there was, here's another problem for you to solve. So there was a constant um, influx of work, and all, not just bugs, but also, again, they were 
they were contracted to start work. So they would start work. And one of the things that we asked them to do was, hey, just because you're contracted to start work, doesn't mean you have to start work. <laughs> Essentially asked that question. And they got to the point of, let's just have one person, one customer be shared amongst multiples of us. And we can get these people through pretty quickly because the monetary benefit for the company was tied to how quickly a customer got implemented. And that, that, that was a real result. I mean, I was going to say something else, but that was a real result was, you know, pe people, it was pretty obvious to, to show that by not starting something immediately, they were actually getting things done, done quickly and the company could recognize re revenue um, mm -hmm. that much more sooner. I, you know, I was going to bring it back to kind of more of a, a systems thinking lens because we, we, another thing we were talking about before the show tonight was, um, you know, the, 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 the sales department who was ahead of this implementations team right was out there and they were the sales departments incentivized as all sales departments are to, to sell, 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 sell as many, as many copies of, of the software, um, as many installs as, you know, as, as they could. And we can debate whether that's a good thing or a, ba a bad thing all day long. But the point was the second the contract was signed, the expectation was that this team would start the implementation, you know? And so it didn't, it didn't matter what their capacity was. It didn't matter how many people were on the team. It didn't matter if somebody was sick, if somebody was on vacation, didn't, didn't really matter contract got signed and so the expectation was we would start you know we would we would start this 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 install um and that was uh, you know um to, to me that was that was that was kind of a big thing you know the one one of the things like you said that they needed to realize was hey just because that sale got done just because that contract was signed doesn't mean it's necessarily going to get faster if we get done faster if we start it right away so yeah. um sorry we're going to say something no i'll say for, the key thing for me was the company did not realize revenue till they were the, a customer was fully implemented. And by not by working on 15 customers and not implementing any of them fully, that entire period of time, you were not re realizing revenue. And when you did get one implemented, two more had been thrown onto your plate. So those 16 now are, are stuck again. And that's, I think that's what they realized pretty quickly. Those, yeah, those poor people. And then, it, uh, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, because again, from a kind of, kind of a systems thinking perspective was, not only was the sales team incentivized to sell as much as they could, but weren't the individuals on the implementation, implementation team, they were individually incentivized in terms of how many installs they could get done. Isn't, wasn't that correct? I or something I like that? I do not recall very well, but I do believe they had a billable expectation. Yeah, well, the, at the very least, there was a disincentive for them to, to drop what they're doing to go help somebody else. Right. So if if yeah. an implementation was taking too long, they were certainly not incentivized at all to, no. to, go, and, to go and help out uh, you know, somebody else. So, yeah. And if, it, if you zoom out even further, the actual development team that built the software had no idea of how any of this happened. So they weren't incentivized to make their product easier to implement. Development teams were incentivized to ship product, not to make it easier to implement. So, so you know, the moral of the story is, you know, flow is flow is flow is flow is flow. You know, we, we, we can talk about every episode that we, we do here, we could probably talk about systems thinking. Every, every episode we do here, you could probably talk about bad policies like expedites. You know, things like that. Um, but don't think, you know, I, I think a lot of people who maybe listen to this show, a lot of people who maybe just are getting introduced to Kanban think that Kanban is all about just software development. It's only, you know, it's only applicable to a software development context. 
and hopefully what we've given you here is you know some some food for thought in terms of look for flow everywhere you'll see it everywhere you know and on the commute to work like you're saying pretty we had the same example i think you know uh, traveling the, the london underground too you know there's you know there's yeah. there's flow flow everywhere so Pratik, the last word yeah i mean if you've already covered it i, I I'm, I'm afraid that anyone who has paid attention to this because i know most people just put it on and don't pay attention um will hopefully <laughs> unfortunately start seeing these flow problems everywhere you'll probably see them when you go order a food at a restaurant and and you see yourself get stuck behind a 16 person table uh, you you you'll see you'll see the problems with flow pretty much everywhere once once you start seeing them in one place and and the things that solve the problems of flow in one instance are very often applicable in other instances as well so that's it for tonight. Um, Nisha had enough of us, so you know she 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 left. But uh, hopefully you stuck with us, and we are very very glad if you did. Uh, so so for Nisha, uh, for Pratik Singh, my name is Andrew Bacanti. I want to say thank you so much for joining us in this episode of Drunk Agile, and we will see you in the next video. Good night, everybody. <laughs>